Once again, to the original Queen Amadai Shakur show. I'm your host, Queen Amadai Shakur, and this is your morning wake up call. So, as you're coming in, please feel free to go ahead and subscribe to the channel, uh, the channels, if you haven't done so already. Be sure to click the notification bells and click the word yeah. all so that you're notified as time the goes live. Please don't come in here whining and complaining because I really don't care. This is not the HR department. I'm not here to let you voice your grievances, okay? You can take that somewhere else and stay flat. Uh, for those of you who do subscribe to the channel, 
Um, please be sure to click the notification this. bell and click the word all so you're notified each time between Goddess goes by. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Dr. Underscore Asian or on TikTok and Dr. Asian or Twitter. And then Goddess 27. I said, All right, hello, Aboriginal woman, Mr. Hey, Hotel, Juju Bees in the house, Leo Lion, Queen of Molly Huey, Early, okay, Christine, oh, no. I see your beloved Nicole, okay, Tiana, that crazy bitch, Aries, Courtney J, okay, Eileen, Yusuf is in the house, Kyle B, Orgyle, okay, Shirley King, hey, beloved, James Allen, Truth Montage, Kenyatta, Jeff ATL, uh, Stacy Tia, Deronda. Okay, it's Felicia is in the house. Let's get into it. You just said the queen is waiting, honey. Thank you. You know I try. Okay, hey, Black Love 777, Emperor Rex. Chris B is in the house. KX, Dragon Billy, Howard. Okay, Lillian, I see you. Wavy those that queen it's a few stories from Florida. I need to send you. Send them, beloved. Please send them. Jay Love the Queen. I haven't seen you in a minute. Brianna. Okay, shout out to everyone in here. I see the nefarious Stony Jackson up in here. What? Not Stony Jackson. <laughs> that one always gets me. Okay, Leo Maya the Queen says Monica Nicole. Nicole, shout out to everyone, chat everyone tuned into the Let's get into it. So I have so much news. I'm going to have to do two lives today because it's just too much. Okay, but I have to get this shout out to you, Jay Lily, Jay Bray. Okay, James Allen. So listen, let me tell you all about this dirty eventful weekend that I did have in fact. He's an actor. First is Hey Mahogany. First things first. So, please said, I've been missing the lives from the beginning, not today, okay? And I wasn't that late today. I tried my hardest to be on time. That's Stony That's why she used to. But anyway, listen to me. So, I had a video last week that went viral. It was my video about the Nashville shooter. Audrey Hale. Well, sadly, TikTok took down my video. They took it all down. And I had over 800,000 views on that video. They actually took it down twice. The first time they took it down, it was at over 600,000. They said it was for weapons. I guess because I showed the weapon that, you know, that was used or whatever. But many people did. So then it was put back up like in 15 minutes after I appealed it. They put it back up real quick. Uh, but then about an hour and a half later, they took it down again. And it was at over 800,000. Probably probably uh, the last time I had checked it, it was at over 800,000. So, oh, so by the time they took it down, it could have been up to a million. I don't know. Uh, but I said all that to say, uh, Queen, you punch in late again. We dock in your face. <laughs> <laughs> of it. 
Uh, so, but we're going to get into that. But another thing I want to speak about is over the weekend, someone posted on Twitter a video clip of Bussy Reed, you know, um, basically saying that uh, the tether class, as he calls them, uh, that, you know, they need to get some straightening and say that all these people are going in on them, not just him. He said even some of their own people are going in on, on them. You know, I don't know if this is true, but that's just what he said. Uh, but he also said something about uh, they better do something before we start blasting and, and shrapnel and all this stuff, right? Now, that's the part of the clip that I heard. So I said, wait a minute. Now, I don't know what's the devil of a nine hands. So, but it wasn't far-fetched to me to think that he would make a threat because he's made threats before, right? Uh, so anyway, I posted that. I retweeted it. And so then the Bussy Rickens came for me, honey. That Bussy Rickens said, oh, that's not true. That's not what he said. You're paying, you're uh, sensationalizing the news. And they had a lot to say. They said, that's not the whole video. It's context and everything and all that. So I said, okay, the Bussy Rickens are clearly saying this isn't exactly what was said. And I haven't watched this entire Instagram live video, so let me go watch it. And so I went back and I watched the video. And in fact, he said that, but what he did was, I believe, that he caught himself, and so he cleaned it up real quick. He said, when we start verbally blasting them, he said something like that, but he made it as well, though he was verbally, not physically doing these things that he was saying. So with that all being said, you know, I'm not one to ever paint false narratives, and so I gladly removed the video and I issued a statement. And I basically said something along the lines of, you know, um, though I don't agree with his divisive BS, I'm not one to take narratives. I, after watching the entire video, I do see that he didn't really make a threat. And so I've removed the video and I apologize for the misleading information. Well, you know, I did that because I have something uh, called journalistic integrity. I've recanted the story once before. When I first got on YouTube, I did a so story about a young man that was shot, a Latino man who was shot in Raleigh, North Carolina, by the police. And the police said that he had a gun. Mm -hmm. Now, when I watched the video several times, I didn't see a gun in the man's head. Uh, but the wanted supremacists were saying, oh, he had a gun, he had a gun. You need to look at the video on something larger than your cell phone. Well, I was looking at it on my cell phone, truly. And so after watching the video and zooming in, he did have a gun. So I removed that video and I came back and recanted. Okay? And apologize for the misleading information. You see, that's what you do when you're an honest person and you're a person who doesn't want to paint false narratives, whether you like the individual or not. So that's what I right. did. But I said all that to say this. What I noticed, what that showed me was that the Bussy Rickians, uh, they pay attention to what the Queen is saying. And just as well as they pay attention to what Taharka is saying, Brandon, Nietzsche, and anyone else who opposes Bussy Rick. But the thing is this. They were so quick to come and point out that that was not what he said. That's not what he said. That's not true. You're sensationalizing it. You don't have the whole story. Um, says, true class queen. Thank you, beloved. I tried. And so they were so quick to point that out. Now, the reason I pointed this out to you is because what they haven't ever pointed out 
Is any information or evidence to debunk all those receipts that Taharka continues to receipts drop. ain't shit. They've never come at Taharka disputed anything that he said yes, they They've never but come to me with any of the other things I'm talking about. I even offered them five hundred dollars to debunk any of my or Taharka's receipts. So had the money. There was one of the subscribers who offered over thousand dollars. We know what they are. To debunk anything. They said nothing. They, they didn't even respond to the ordinary whisper. So I'm saying this. That just goes to show that these people are not as stupid as they pretend to be. They have to believe that they're still accusing Because if they thought it's and let me also say that that video clip was not initially tweeted I mean, by part, me. I just simply okay. retweeted but what someone else had already tweeted. All that other shit okay? They, they uh, but as I said, once I checked it, I took it down. But my whole thing is, honey, any receipts that I have dropped, any that Taharka has dropped, they've not debunked or said anything about those, and I find it interesting. Have because that just lets me know and should let all of you know that they know darn well everything being said is the truth. Because they can quickly point out something that's not actually factual. But they didn't say anything about all that other stuff. Okay? Because it wasn't actual factual. That's what I'm talking about. And moderators, let me just remind you if anyone comes in here in the chat being disrespectful, vulgar, makes any comments, say anything racist, whether it's about, you know, uh, whether they're being racist towards us or other people. You know what to do. Block them. Also, if anyone comes in here uh, talking crazy, right? Uh, just blatantly being disrespectful or whatever, y'all know what to do. Bussery's always going live in the wee hours in the morning. Says yes, Um, donate to the monthly Bussery fund. I mean, uh, foundation. <laughs> are you still going to say all You all are something else. You would get blocked. Period. If you're talking crazy, that's right, Mr. Hotel. You better tell them. Okay, real talk. BDTV says, Hey, Queen, I'm from Germany. All right, shout out to you, beloved. We got Germany in the house. Terry Hinn said it's blocking time. Okay, uh, Kidaria says, Jim Fraudulent busted agent disciples at it again, huh? And you know how they do, beloved. Okay, so now that I've been saying, let's get into the topic of discussion. First thing I want to talk about, I'm going to show you all this video that I thought was so satisfying. Yes, I, I absolutely loved it. Like, you don't know, he doesn't know, unless you're.
for what he said. And he had to cower behind the police as they escorted him out of the building. Now, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, so let me just show that clip. What's that mop headed nigga doing? Only the coward motherfucker. He cowering behind him. So yeah, yeah. Hit him in that nose. They hit him in the nose? Yeah, I, I said someone should have hit him in the nose. Now pay attention. Brad, Chad, and Tyrone all had to smoke for him. He had to have those. <laughs> he tried to hide behind the police, honey. I thought that was hilarious. Okay, let's look at it one more time. Let's look at it one more time. What's his address? Now he looked as though he was hanging on to that officer for dear life. And I find it all very interesting. <laughs> I find it absolutely very interesting. Uh, so here's the thing. You know, they have called for him to resign and all of that, as they should. As they should. <laughs> the person paraphernalia said, what's his address? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I haven't a clue, beloved. But you know, here's the thing. This is part of the reason why they want to get rid of critical race theory. This is part of the reason. I want you all to pay attention. You know, because we do have some of these teenagers um, that don't look like us that are racist because they've been taught that by their parents and other family members. You know, the ones that go to school dressed as Klansmen and all of that. The ones who take the the black children in the locker rooms and throw bananas at them and act as though they're having mock slave auctions and all those things. We have some of those. Those come from their parents who teach them those things, as far as I'm concerned. But what I have been seeing on TikTok is there are also a lot of these Caucasian children, teenagers specifically, that will out their parents for saying racist things and trying to indoctrinate them to be racist. You see, they're not with it. They have their own minds and they think for themselves at these young ages. And they speak out against these things. There's many of them that do. And so with that all being said, this is why they don't want critical race theory being taught. This is another reason. Because some of these young people are not going to have it. Some of these young people know their history. And when they see the history of the hate and the vitriol and the hands and depraved acts, the savagery, when they see it, they don't want any part of it. They don't want any part of it because they have black friends that they care about, that they love, that they share things with, okay? And so they don't want to hear that, and they're not going to go for it. So that's another reason why they want to get rid of critical race theory. Because they want to continue doing what they have been doing all along. And they don't want anyone to oppose them, specifically not their youth. They don't want their youth, because they want the legacy of wanting supremacy to continue to fester, so that it is here far into the future. 
They're bringing back Jim Crow in Mississippi and all of that. And, and speaking of Jim Crow in Mississippi, you know, all of those tornadoes they had down there in Mississippi, all of the destruction and all of that stuff, That's that was not a coincidence. You know, the Most High is not pleased with many of things that has happened. Okay, the Most High is not pleased with how many things are happening, and there is going to be wrath upon the land. <laughs> okay, just as I showed you days ago in Brazil when they were sitting there mocking Jesus, and they had that depiction of Satan in that parade, and they thought it was all fun and games, and then you see the mudslides and all of the disaster uh, that happened there. The Most High is not pleased. You can't get, you cannot keep playing with God. God will not be mocked. You can't keep playing with God's children. You can't keep doing it and thinking it's going to be okay. Y'all are not taking us back to slavery or Jim Crow. You can try, but it's not going to happen. And you see, they know what is to come in the days ahead, in the years ahead. When that all been said, they're clinging on for dear life to keep this legacy and this system of injustice, racial oppression, ethnic intimidation, and Jim Crow. They're trying to hold on to that onto wanting supremacy. But some of these young people of Generation Z, they're not trying to hear it. Okay, just like they had the smoke for Representative Paul Sherrill, they have the smoke for many of these people, and they know this. All right, they know this. And so anyway, with that all being said, let's move on to the next topic here. Let's talk about the little two-year-old child who was found in the mouth of an alligator. Now, his mother, was uh, slain by the father. And I'm gonna show a video in just a moment, but here's what they say. Father charged after missing two-year-old boy found deleted in alligator's mouth. Uh, so they said two-year-old boy who went missing amid his mother's, uh, his mother's slaying has been found deceased in the jaws of an alligator in Florida. Now, Taylor Mosley, age two, and his 20-year-old mother, Pashun Jeffrey, were last seen by family members on Wednesday, March the 29th. The following day, loved ones requested an apartment manager check on the mother and son uh, when they were <laughs> unable to reach Jeffrey. In, uh, Jeffrey, in state, uh, this is according to St. Petersburg Police. They say Jeffrey was found deceased in the apartment with police noting that she had been stabbed multiple times. Taylor remained missing until Friday, March the 31st, when he was found in an alligator's mouth about 10 miles from the apartment. So he likely threw this child in a lake. Police Chief Anthony Holloway said a detective shot and killed the alligator. He says, we didn't want to find him this way, but at least we could bring some closure to his family now. The father of the child, Thomas Mosley, is now facing two counts of first-degree murder. Mosley checked himself into a hospital with cuts on his arms and hands. Well, I told you all before that when people stab someone repeatedly, they will likely sustain, you know, uh, cuts and abrasions to their hands because of all the blood spatter. And then it makes the knife or the whatever tool they're using slippery. And so they end up cutting themselves as well. Now, so they go on to say he had these cuts on his arms and hands. And uh, he remained in the hospital as of Friday, March 31st. Mosley requested a lawyer and hasn't spoken to detectives per the police chief. A medical examiner will determine his son's official cause of uh, of deceased. So that's all very sad. All very sad. An innocent two-year-old and his mother. 
taken out and they believed it was the father of the child. Now I'm going to play this video um, of this report on the situation. Police chief saying just a little while ago, the body of little Taylor Mosley was found here in the water in the mouth of an alligator at the park. Now, this two-day search ended miles from where it first began at Taylor and his mother's apartment. Taylor and his mom, 20-year-old Passion Jeffrey, were last seen Wednesday evening. Passion was found dead in her St. Petersburg apartment <laughs> yesterday afternoon. The chief tells us she was stabbed multiple times already saying it was a very violent crime scene. The search for two-year-old Taylor spanned miles. St. Petersburg police say their investigation led them to the Del, Del Holmes Park, where they searched all day Friday. That's all very sad. And I pronounced the mother's name is Pashun, but it's Passion. It's spelled P-A-S-H-U-N. It looks like Pashun. Uh, but nevertheless, this is a sad story. <laughs> Sad story. So he's got his own child and the child's mother. Some people are just clearly sick and hanging. Likes up, everyone. Please don't forget to like and share. Uh, thank you in advance. I have another video to uh, to download. Oh. I'm going to let this download while I'm working on the next story. Uh, so let's talk about Audrey Hale. Audrey Hale is the Nashville shooter. And I found this information very interesting. Very interesting indeed. So we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it because I had to go dig up the receipts on this. Like I said, they're not talking about this in the mainstream media. That's what they're not doing. Okay, now that I got that squared away, let's get into it. So now listen to this. How the church of the Nashville shooting winds through history. Gender wars, church discipline, and the SBC, which is an actual or sexual abuse study. So let's talk about it. So Nashville is a city infused by religion as well as music and history. So when the tragedy like the school shooting at the Covenant School March the 25th occurred, connections ripple across well-known names and places. And in this case, also across some unknown history that makes things complicated to comprehend. You see, the Covenant School is affiliated with the Covenant Presbyterian Church, a Presbyterian church in America congregation situated in the Tony South Side of Nashville. Just down the road from Bluebird Cafe, one of the city's best-known live music venues. Now, the Covenant School is a small private Christian school enrolling about 200 students in preschool every, uh, preschool through sixth grade. Tuition is about $16,000 per year, more expensive than a year of college at the University of Tennessee. And the school was founded in 2001. Now, Church Covenant and its denomination represent the more conservative side of Presbyterian life in America today. The PCA was formed in the 1970s as a breakaway group from the better-known Presbyterian Church USA, mainly over the ordination of women, which the PCA opposes. Now, they say, uh, to the chagrin of some city leaders, it's the namesake of a document important to some conservative evangelicals 
who embraced a theology known as complementarianism. Uh, this theology teaches God created males and females for distinct roles in church and the home, including allowing only men to be pastors. These beliefs are embedded in the Nashville Statements, orchestrated by a group called the Council of Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, which has strong ties to Southern Baptist Convention leadership, but also adopted by the PCA. Now, as I'm telling you this, I want you to keep in mind that the person who committed this shooting was transgender. That's important to remember as we discuss this. So the Nashville Statement and PCA Doctrine also are against LGBTQ identity and practice. They're against it. Now, I want you to remember that Audrey Hale, uh, this person went to this school. This person went to this school previously, was a former student. Now, in 2020, the PCA adopted a report on gender and sexuality that speaks of the sin sinfulness of homosexual and transgender desire, as well as conduct. The Covenant Church website, which is now disabled, explains that because many other such churches no longer <laughs> believe in nor teach some of the basic truths of historic Christianity, we joyfully affirm our unity with those who believe in certain fundamentals of the Christian faith. Conflict has dogged Covenant Church in the past. Uh, they say in 2016, the church fired its founding pastor, Jim Bachman. They fired him after 25 years of service. The congregational conflict became a matter of concern for the denomination itself, which resulted in a church trial. The reasons for the dispute did not appear to include any kind of moral failure or financial mismanagement, but instead generalized leadership differences. Bachman's successor, a pastor, uh, as Pastor Chad Scruggs, who lost his daughter in the shooting, uh, Hallie Scruggs, this is what he said. Now, it, it was Bachman who started the Covenant School on the congregation site on Red Bud Hill, part of the land where the Battle of Nashville played the Presbyterian Church. The man who designed the Covenant School logo with the Latin phrases Veritas Christo et Exclusia, uh, which means truth of Christ and the church, said this person was facing persecution from church leaders whom he accused of covering up sexual abuse of minors by a deacon at the church. Oh, so they were abusing these children. Like I said, Catholic church. They claimed Catholic that Audrey Hale yeah. was one of these children that was abused. Mm -hmm. This is not to make excuses <laughs> for what Audrey Hale did, but this is just to give you some insight into the mind frame that Audrey Hale may have been in when this shooting was committed. Maybe this is why Audrey went to this particular school to commit this crime, is what I'm saying. She was now when it is known that Pastor abused. Bachman and other church leaders before. were accused yeah. of stealing the knowledge of this alleged child molester she she or because of his position, reportedly had free reign at the church and the school, uh, and that it is oh, also public record of the church. Uh, that the church engaged in a so long-running dispute with the church leaders who sounded an alarm the, about the yeah. abuse. A man by the name of Austin Davis, who eventually was barred from attending the church 
Because he spoke out about this child and the issues that were going on. He was barred from even coming to the church. One of the kids was the Lord. They wanted to come to the Lord. And they all know this. Because this was going on at the time on the hill. It was a reason why she. You know what I'm saying? She was a irony. Church leaders portrayed David as an impossible shooter. Was this is what they said about that. That's what I asked. Was she going to school as a girl and transformed into a girl? Well, you know it happened at that school. Well, yeah, it happened there. Whatever happened to her happened at that school. She brought it back to her. And his voice wasn't heard. That's what I said. When they said she was a stupid one, somebody fucked her. Okay, and there was a threat to the congregation, according to the pastors, or they felt he was a threat. As it turns out, Davis was neither. But his reputation was ruined after he attempted to attend church as he had done for 18 years. Isn't that something? Now, Burleson says he was accosted by men with guns, separated from his wife and children, and threatened to be thrown in jail if he ever set foot on the property again, even though the Nashville police were never called to the church property. The actions were taken oh, by a private the, security. Yeah. The entire experience was very humiliating. According to Burleson, they say it took another two years for church leaders to acknowledge the truth about the child molestation charges and to excommunicate the accused deacon. All this would come to have a substantial influence on the Southern Baptist Convention as well. Burleson explained that in the summer of 2007, when covenant leadership became aware of the allegations of molestation against one of their church officers, officers uh they say he says i stepped in i stepped to the microphone at the southern baptist convention and made a motion that a database should be developed containing the names of all southern baptist ministers who have been credibly accused <coughs> of personally confessed to or legally been convicted of uh sexual harassment or abuse and that such a database be accessible to southern baptist churches Though I am not a Presbyterian, my emotion was rooted in the knowledge that there is a tendency within religious denominations uh, to conceal and cover up sexual abuse by church officers and ministers out of concern for the reputation of the church and not the traumatization of the victim. This is what Burleson said. And he added that Time Magazine declared the failure of his motion one of the top 10 most underreported under stories of the nation that year. It would take another 15 years for the SBC to adopt a motion calling for an investigation of mishandled knowledge of sexual abuse and why it was not possible to create a database of known sexual abusers and Southern Baptist churches. So they said they couldn't come up with the database. Why not? They do Why not? Else. Because they, they wanted these perverts to remain anonymous. Mm -hmm. They don't want to call them out. That's what it was. They didn't care about these children. They cared about their own reputations, the reputations of the church and school, and about these people who committed these heinous acts being kept in, you know, hidden in the closet. This motion was made and adopted at the Nashville Convention Center, just eight miles away from Covenant Presbyterian Church. Now, if y'all don't think this is a perfect storm for Audrey Hale and anyone else who was treated as Audrey Hale supposedly was, to kind of lose it and have anger and vitriol to go to that school, 
But hold on, because it gets worse. Now listen to this. This person who was accused, let's talk about this person. Because this person has political affiliations. New child abuse scandal hits Mike Huckabee. Republican White House hopeful, their co-author molested an 11-year-old girl and escaped charges because of the statute of limitations. Now, this That's person is John Perry. <laughs> you see, John Perry co-authored Mike Huckabee's 2008 campaign memoirs and has now been revealed to have molested children ages 11 and 14. That's who was excommunicated from this school. Police concluded that abuse had taken place but they were alerted to it after the statute of limitations had kicked in. Now that's very important to know. Why is that so important to know, you may ask? Well, that's because when they had these allegations against Bill Cosby, the statute of limitations had also passed. But because they wanted so desperately to take down Bill Cosby and destroy his legacy, well, they changed the laws, they changed the rules. You see, when the narrative doesn't fit or when the law doesn't fit their narrative when it pertains to people who look like me they will change those laws that's all i'm saying they will absolutely change those laws so let's get into it this is all so nefarious this is all so nefarious y'all see why the queen is late to the throne sometimes because i'm out here gathering receipts and doing real research pay attention Okay, I'm not just telling you everything you hear on the regular news. I'm always adding more information to it. I'm not even told that lie. Uncovered by BuzzFeed News 
show that Nashville, Tennessee police investigated Perry in 2012. There is no suggestion Huckabee knew anything of the investigation into his co-author. Perry had earlier co-authored Huckabee's uh, memoir about his failed 2008 bid for the GOP nomination. Perry reportedly caught to the abuse, so he admitted to it. See, this isn't just accusations. Perry actually admitted to doing these things. He said he did it. He, were, he caught to the abuse and was subsequently excommunicated from his church. His wife also left him, citing inappropriate marital conduct in the divorce proceedings. Huckabee in 2016, a 2016 nominee of the GOP nom uh, nomination, was already weathering the storm brought on by another child abuse scandal. Seems like Huckabee doesn't have very good judgment and how he picks his friends and political affiliates. Uh, so goes on to say, this person was tied to his presidential campaign before BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed ripped the lid off of court documents implicating his two-time co-author, Harry. An evangelical conservative campaigning to win the votes of Christians world nationwide, Huckabee was de has defended the Dugar family of 19 kids and counting fame after it was revealed that their son Josh, a high-profile conservative activist, had molested several girls in his youth, two of whom were his own sisters. This is all mm. so sick and very nefarious. I just want y'all to pay attention. This is how it goes down, honey. This is what they do. Josh Dugar underwent counseling for his offenses and was never charged in court. Counseling. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't think counseling works for people like this. I absolutely do not. I don't think there's any cure, remedy, or anything for that, nor rehabilitation. That's just what I think. That's my opinion. So they say he underwent counseling. They say no one needs to defend Josh's actions as a teenager. This is what Huckabee said of his actions on Facebook last month, adding that, but the fact that he confessed his sins to those he harmed sought help and has gone forward to live a responsible life as an adult is testament to his authenticity and humility. Well, here's the thing. How does anyone know whether or not he continued to do these things? Maybe he continued and just didn't get caught. How does anyone know that? You How, how do you vouch for someone who has done such things? Based on the timeline laid out by BuzzFeed, Harry's misdeeds did not come to legal authorities' attention until 2012, although his church became aware of the alleged abuse sometime between 2008 and 2010. So the church knew about this. That's all I'm saying. They clearly knew about it years prior to the police being informed. It's unclear exactly what, when they took place. Harry told Daily Mail Online, says, I don't have anything to say for the record, uh, but will tell you that the person behind it has been pursuing a vendetta against his former church for years. And this story is one of the means he has used. So blaming the person who spoke out, that's what that is. And don't forget that the person who initially spoke out was kicked out of the church and banned from the property and demonized and vilified. And they even said, alluded to the fact that he would possibly come back and shoot up the place one day. Having failed there, he was he has evidently turned his attention elsewhere, they say. I will also tell you uh, that whatever private difficulties there may have been, the parties involved were reconciled and restored years ago, for which I think I thank God every day. 
Jesus. And now you want to bring God into it, really. His books with Huckabee, Huckabee were released in 2007. Character is the issue and late uh character is the issue and late 2009. Do the right thing inside the movement that's bringing common sense back to America. Those were the titles of the two books. It's all so nefarious, is all I'm saying. This is all so nefarious. It's so real crazy. But let me show you the picture of this person, John per uh, Perry. Lights up, everyone, please get the lights up. You know, I really get annoyed when they want to bring the most high into their own bullshit. Okay, now, as you can see, that's Mike Huckabee on my left. And John Perry, that's John Perry, the confessed abuser on the right. So, you know, like I said, this seems to be a very likely motive for why Audrey Hale chose that school. All so crazy. And you know, the sad thing is, if Audrey Hale um, had been allowed to speak against whoever traumatized them or whatever. If any of these children who were traumatized, abused, whatever, had been able to speak and talk about this publicly, if the person who who did these things had been punished, maybe they would have remained so traumatized. Maybe they would have, been maybe they would have remained so right. traumatized. But here's the thing that I, I find interesting. That. Let's talk about how they did Bill Cosby, how they did R. Kelly, oh, they did how they did Michael Jackson. You see, the thing is, when it's a person who looks like me, they don't sweep things under the rug. They're going to go digging in your closet, honey. They're not going to hide you in the closet. They're going to go digging in your closet, open the wide open, and pull out all the bones and skeletons that they can find. That's what they're going to do. And they're going to use the biggest propagandist machine, the mainstream media. The they're going to use that to help further demonize you and destroy you and your legacy. That's what they will do. And so let me show this video of what Stephanie Mills had to say about Oprah. When Stephanie Mills called out Oprah, it's rare that they get caught. Or shall I say, oh, and they did say, yeah, slap on the hand. Why was it so important for you to take a stand and make your voice heard that you did not agree with the fact that Oprah would give those guys a platform? Well, how dare she? She had interviewed Michael at his home. And when people interview, it's just like with Gail King interviewing R. Kelly, you know, at a time vulnerable. And they trust Oprah because she was a black woman um, coming to interview them. And at that point, people trusted her. But how dare you bring two guys that was in his his uh, his uh, court to both times and then give them a platform to say the same nonsense that they said in the court twice? How could you do that? That doesn't even make sense to me. And he's not here to defend himself. Exactly. And I get so tired of us as artists trusting these black journalists to take care of us, but they don't. They exploit us. Yes, 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 and I don't like yes. it. I felt like R. Kelly was exploited. 
whatever he did, I don't know anything about. I wasn't there. I don't know. But I didn't like the, the interview with Gail King either. Okay. And they came after her too, because you're not going to just sit up here and exploit our black men. They didn't talk about Harvey Weinstein. They didn't talk about Matt Lauer. That's right. That's right. See, I love, I love TikTok. I love TikTok. That's why they don't That's like very true. They did talk about Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein. Remember what Oprah said? He still Remember what trouble. Oprah said about and Harvey Weinstein when they asked about. her about him? That was she her said, friend. Well, if we waste our time speaking about Harvey, the moment will have been lost. What moment, Oprah? That was just her way of deflecting, gaslighting, mm -hmm. and refusing to utter a harsh word about Harvey Weinstein. That was her friend. And let's not forget she that her friend Gail, off. her bestie, worked with Matt Lauer. And also, I believe she worked with Les Moonves, both of whom were accused of that sexual abuse. But also, someone said Kobe Bryant as well. Yes, they said things about Kobe Bryant after he was deceased. They brought up those allegations. Those things were never proven to be true. And in fact, and the young lady stuff. who made those allegations against him, well, when, when they tested her underwear for DNA. There was three different DNA. White asshole, white asshole, white bitch. So I'm yeah. just saying she wasn't a credible witness. No, she wasn't. She had no ass. So she had no teeth. Like a little boy, like Nietzsche said. But they brought thing. that up and demonified her. They tried to demonify. What you said? What?
pay attention. All Sumnifarious. All Sumnifarious. Why was it so important for you to... Sorry. But anyway, let's talk about <laughs> Cal Rittenhouse. So do you all know that Cal Rittenhouse, or Rittenhouse as I call him, you all know that Cal Rittenhouse was chosen to educate people about guns. <laughs> so what? How does that even make sense? <laughs> really? How does that even make sense? But I want you all to pay attention. The fuckery in this country is just off the scale. They're criminals. That's what they do. They act as though Kyle Rittenhouse is some type of hero. But Candace Owens had the nerve to say that we are the only ones who praise our criminals. When she was speaking on George Floyd, nobody was praising George Floyd's criminal activity and conduct from the past. Nobody no, was where, where's that. the fake twenty dollar we bill? We were protesting, or we were speaking out. Miss me with that bullshit. Why he was deleted and how that hurt, and how he was unarmed. His crime no, was his twenty dollars. What their children and those other officers did to him had nothing to do with that. Why would she say that we were praising him? Uh, the fact that he was a criminal. Why would she even say that? Well, because she spews white supremacist rhetoric. And what I want you all to pay attention to is anytime there's people who look like us that spew white supremacist rhetoric, say the same exact talking points, push the same ideology and narratives and agendas as the white supremacists, these people are not for us. And I find it interesting that the same people who do not deal with Candace Owens, the same people who know that Candace Owens isn't for us, don't have that same energy for other people who do exactly what she does. Like Pussy Rick. Pussy Rick spews the vision. He spews the wanton supremacist rhetoric. He does exactly that. Now, he may not say exactly what Candace says, but he does spew their same exact rhetoric. They call us tethers. He calls black immigrants tethers. They want us to stay divided. They call us tethers? He said himself that they offered him money to cause the vision between us and black immigrants. Well, that's because that's their, them them that's their agenda. So he's carrying out their agenda. Now he can say they didn't pay him to do it, but at the end of the day, he's still doing it. So I just want you all to pay attention to that. The pussy weekends can say whatever they want to say. I care not. Because what they can do is debunk anything that's being said. But so with that all being said, let's talk about Kyle Rottenhouse. Because I found this very interesting. He was supposed to be speaking at an event at a Las Vegas library. My sources in Las Vegas sent me this information because they were shocked and above. Uh, he was supposed to be speaking there about guns. It was an event that they were holding and they kept using the word patriot. And we all know what patriot means. Okay? <coughs> That's just another word for racism. That's another word used by the white supremacists when they want to be uh, racist. They hide their racism under the guise of patriotism. Pay attention. Cal Rittenhouse to speak at a gun event at East Los Angeles Library. And so they say the man who shot and deleted two men during a protest against police violence in Wisconsin in 2020 oh, is scheduled to speak at a concealed carry course in Las Vegas' public library this spring. Rittenhouse, who maintained that he shot three men in self-defense and was later acquitted of all charges, has become a firebrand on the political front, or the political right. Firearms instructor and organizer Nephi 
library, that was the first thing, uh, has drawn hundreds of messages calling for Rittenhouse's invitation to be rescinded. People don't want it there. They don't want him talking about the uh, tip of all people. And why should they? He told the journal, the review journal, uh, that he understands why people are upset. But on the other hand, the truth is we need to talk about this. Well, why do we need Paul Rittenhouse to talk about it? Why do they need him? Olivia intends for the conversation to be about steps that could be taken so that a shooting like Rittenhouse's never happens again. Saying that I don't want to retry the case, he added. I want to learn from those mistakes, educate gun owners how to avoid critical mistakes, and move on. On Facebook, Olivia wrote that there is no one in the country that has debated the pros and cons to this case more than firearms instructors around the country. If there is to be any wisdom and intelligence extracted from this tragic event, it will come from our side. Now, the course is scheduled for May the 13th at the East Las Vegas Library, which is operated by the Las Vegas Park, Park County Library District. Around 300 attendees are expected to pay between $114 to $199, depending if they declare themselves to be a patriot or a Democrat or Republican, according to the events ticket page. Now, the taxpayers, hold on, the taxpayer-funded library district distanced itself uh, from the specific events, noting that its meeting rooms are available for public rental to anyone. Uh, the upcoming Guns in the Library event is not sponsored by the Library District and does not in any way represent the views of the organization. That's what the district wrote on Twitter. Weapons, however, are not allowed at the library, they added. Now, Olivia echoed the library's point, saying that if you have issues, direct them at the source, which is me. Olivia was chastised last year for some racist remarks, okay, for some racist slides that he represented at a Clark County library concealed weapons course just last year, which was attended by several Republican political candidates. Uh, a firearm safety for black people. This is what he said. A firearm safety for black people slide had a bulletin post that said, always shoot the gun right side up. Always lick the chicken grease off your fingers before shooting. Yeah. Always make sure there's a white person around so you have someone to blame for everything that goes wrong in your life. Always aim for small children to ensure you actually hit another gang member. See, this, this is what Olympia said. This, this is why. Clearly racist. And like I told you, when they put the word patriotism in there, we already know where that's going. Now, after the event drew public ire, uh, the library district condemned hate speech in any form, but maintained the same position is now taking uh, is now taking place about uh, Rittenhouse is having a speaking, or he's the invited speaker. Now, around the time of the George Floyd situation at the hands of Minneapolis police, when racial justice protests turned into riots across the U.S. cities, Rittenhouse armed himself with a semi-automatic rifle and traveled from Illinois to Kenosha, Wisconsin. He was 17 years old at the time. He claimed that he was there to help protect property, uh, but he was chased during the protest, fatally shooting a man who he said was following him. As the chase continued, Rittenhouse shot and deleted a man who hit him with a skateboard and then wounded a third man who approached him with a gun. Now, I love the way they paint these narratives because the truth of the matter is, from the video footage that I have witnessed, is that Kyle Rittenhouse, that man 
had a state board attempting to hit him with it or did hit him with it because Kyle Rittenhouse was armed with a deadly weapon. Okay? And was, you know, moving as if he was going to do something to someone. The person with the gun who approached him, well, it was the same thing. Now, an event, an, an event at the annual shoot uh, show in the shoot show in January at the Venetian uh, that was to have featured Rittenhouse was canceled. And the people are serving notice on the government of the United States. We are serving notice on the state of New York. We are serving notice on the mayor of the city. We are serving notice on the city council that if you do not do your job, you will no longer have a job. I live in Harlem and I'm telling you, the, there is, we are living in the middle of a crack epidemic nightmare. People need help. It is a violent circle of oppression. When you create the situation and then when we go out to protest the situation you in turn exact more violence upon us we are saying no more no more it ends here i'm kimberly i am an activist and organizer i remember the very first day i went out to protest in on june 2nd 2020 I was supposed to go out on June 1st, but I turned on my TV and I got a little scared, I have to admit. I'm not scared anymore though. But on that day I was, I remember seeing a police officer who I know now, who I now know was a member of the SRG, violently push a woman who looked like she couldn't have been more than 100 pounds to the floor, sent her body flying and fractured her skull. I said to myself, if they doing that to white women, I don't know what they're gonna do to me. And I took a breather and I waited and I went out the second day. And in that time of leading, I've led hundreds of thousands of protesters through the streets of New York City, preaching abolition, preaching against police violence. And in those three years of doing that, of leading those marches, of leading Black Lives Matter marches, abolish ICE marches, uh, reproductive justice marches, I can't tell you how much violence I've seen. And the violence I've seen has not been at the hands of the people. The violence I've seen has been state-sanctioned violence from members of the NYPD, from members of the SRG. To sit before the people and say that you can't do anything about this is completely unacceptable. We are not asking you to do something about this, what we are doing is we are demanding, we are commanding you to do something about this. You work for us. We are commanding and demanding that you disband the SRG. We will no longer fund our own oppression. We will not fund our own oppression. We will not pay 
exact violence upon our communities. Remove those hundreds of millions of dollars from the SRG and put it into our schools. Fund our schools, fund our children. I live in Harlem and I'm telling you, the, there is, we are living in the middle of a crack epidemic nightmare. People need help. Okay, shout out to her because she really went in on the NYPD as she should have because they absolutely are nefarious as far as I'm concerned. One of the most nefarious, if not the most nefarious police department in the nation. And that is just my opinion. Okay, and yes, this woman was blinded. This, this wasn't just one person. If you recall, there was another woman whose skull was cracked for simply protesting. The, the Constitution says that you have a right to peacefully protest. I think that they sometimes seem to forget that in the divided states. Okay? You also have a right to freedom of speech. Okay? But freedom of speech is free here. That's what that is. Uh, but so there was also a news reporter, a Caucasian woman, who also was blinded by one of these so-called non-lethal rubber bullets that contain pieces of shrapnel. La Mesa woman blinded in one eye during 2020 protests settles with the city for 20 or for $10 million. The incident took place when Leslie Fruhan was attending a police brutality protest in 2020. This should never happen. This should absolutely never happen. Now, a woman was shot with a projectile and blinded in one eye during the George Floyd protest in East County. <laughs> somebody say that it's and has recent financial settlement in the city of La Mesa. city of La Mesa settled with Leslie Kukran, who was shot with a projectile May 30th of 2020, and they settled for $10 million. The protest of La Mesa uh, Saturday first formed across the street from the La Mesa Police Department station. About 45 minutes later, the group split up and marched down the sidewalks of the city. Hundreds joined in on the march. He warned us to chill and march. As the march progressed, demonstrators, many of them holding up signs, made their way to Baltimore Drive and tried to walk onto Interstate 8. California Highway Patrol officials blocked entry to the freeway, but the crowds broke through lines and walked on both sides of I-8. Police and CHP officers diverted the traffic. As night fell, the energy of the peaceful demonstration drastically shifted. Tensions between officers and demonstration demonstrators escalated outside of LMPD headquarters and police declared unlawful assembly. See, that's another thing. They often will declare unlawful assembly so that they can, you know, demonize these people because they don't want them out there protesting because they're protesting them and their nefarious practices and actions. So, I'm going to share my screen and show the uh, news clip of the woman who won the settlement. Likes up, everyone. Please like and share. That's a violent protest in La Mesa. You remember that. Well, today we learned City reached a $10 million settlement with a grandmother who was shot during those protests. Leslie Furcron was shot with a projectile fired by a La Mesa police officer. She had to be placed in a medically induced coma for several days and lost vision in one eye. NBC7's Kelvin Henry has more on the big settlement. Furcron's attorney says the settlement seems significant, but he says that it is not considering what his client endured. And now what is significant is the passion from the people that I spoke with about their thoughts on the protest, along with what they feel for a con is over. 
Those were the tense moments on May 30th, 2020, seconds after Leslie Farquhar was shot in the head with a projectile and was lying on the ground. In a statement to NBC7, Farquhar's attorney Dante Pride says Ms. Leslie Farquhar suffered horrific life-changing injuries at the hands of Ellen P.D. Y'all wouldn't live nowhere outside of La Mesa. Meet Wendell Wilson. I've been in this community for a total of nine years. Wilson says it was an unfortunate situation. She needed to be compensated by the city of La Mesa. Yes. I mean, um, I felt sorry for her because she was a grandmother. Like, I'm a grandmother. And that being hit in the face and her losing an eye, that was an unfortunate, unfortunate situation. Pride's statement addresses that point saying, quote, upon first blush, the $10 million settlement seems like something significant and is perhaps the largest non-death excessive use of force settlement in San Diego County history. But in context of the real harm done to Ms. Furfron, the gruesomeness of which played out on Facebook Live for the entire community to witness, $10 million feels parent. Isabel Hernandez takes issue with where Furfron was shot. Even though it was a non-lethal shot, the fact that it was shot in a place that a lot of people would only shoot there simply to hurt someone like in a way of ending their life. According to the shot placement guide, the areas in red are potentially lethal areas. In a statement to NBC7, the Mesa city manager says the city is glad that there is a resolution to this very unfortunate incident. One person I spoke with who did not wish to go on camera said she hopes this is a learning lesson and where hopefully we can avoid a similar situation in the future where someone is injured. But for now, reporting on the Mesa, Kelvin Henry, NBC7. Crohn's attorneys say they're going to be holding a news conference on Monday to release more details about the settlement. That's just all so crazy. That woman should never have been shot. That should never have happened. Okay. Um, a shout out to Sean from the shot. Also, I removed, what's the person's name? Uh, twin Techie. Twin Techie, I put Twin Techie out of my chat. I don't know who they were talking about, uh, whether they were talking about me or the person on the video, but they were saying something about uh, that mammy doesn't represent us. I don't know who they were talking about, but I put them out of here. And I keep saying, I keep saying that if you don't like the commentary, you don't like what the queen is cooking, then why are you coming in here? Like, it's really sick. At this point, you're a stalker. If you go into someone's chat, and I find it interesting because here's the thing, I want you all to pay attention. When people expose certain people and, you know, show receipts on them, certain people will say that those people who are exposing them are obsessed or those people are stalking them. No, the stalkers, beloveds, the stalkers are the people who get upset because people say what they say. You see, we have a right to freedom of speech. If you don't like what someone is saying, just simply avoid them Let, no, don't go into their chat but if you yeah, know that you don't like what someone has to say but you go into their chat anyway you go into their platforms anyway you come into their channels anyway then you're the stop you're the stop you're the one that's obsessed you see when they try to say that people are obsessed with a person because they're exposing this person no actually the ones that are obsessed are
ones who are trying to go in on the people doing the exposing are for people that they don't even know in real life. If you don't, these are nothing but unobsessed. I want you all to pay attention. Many of these people on the internet are nothing more than obsessed fans. You know how the beehive goes along with whatever Beyonce says or does, whether she's right, wrong, or indifferent. That's who these people are. Obsessed fans. The word fan is short for the word fanatic. They're fanatics. Some of these people are fanatics. And so when you speak on people that they worship, because they engage in idolatry, you see, they worship other people, not the most high. They worship other people. And so when they worship these people because they're fanatics, because they have mental issues, because only fanatics, you know, people who are fanatics, they have mental issues. I don't care what anyone says. It's true. They have mental health issues. They're not playing with a full deck. Because people that play with the full okay. deck do not ever, under any circumstances, continue to get in people's oh, chats, follow right. people's channels, follow people right. on other platforms just to harass them about people that they never even met yeah. in real life. It's not like they're trying to defend their family members, their siblings, mothers, fathers, any of those people. It's not like they're trying to defend themselves either. They're trying to defend people who they know nothing of. They literally think they know people simply from watching and viewing them on social media. And so when people show them truth about these things, about these people that they don't want to hear, uh, they want to get angry and mad and so much so that they'll threaten you. They'll try to do all kinds of things and it's really crazy. And you know why it's crazy? Because they're crazy. Because they're crazy. That's what they are. They're crazy. That's just not a euphemism. They're literally crazy. No one can convince me otherwise. If you spend your time, energy, and efforts in your day, see, here's the thing that's interesting. You know, when I take time out of my day to go gather receipts on someone to expose them, and when uh, Taharka Bay takes time out of his day to go gather receipts and expose someone, it's very interesting that people will say that we're stalking and all of that or whatever. Oh, you're not done yet? Oh, you still doing videos? Well, you're still in the chat. You're still on the channel. You're still following us on other platforms. What's wrong with you? You see, we have a logical explanation for why we're doing what we're doing. First of all, we're content creators and we bring the news. And sometimes that news entails exposing people whom we deem as fraudulent. But if you are following us and demanding that we answer to you as to why we're doing what we're doing, but you don't ask any questions of the person or people that you're the person or people that you're trying to defend so relentlessly, then something is wrong with you. If I know that someone is going to be doing live streams, posting videos on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, if I know that this person has a habit of speaking on topics or people that I don't care to listen to, I'm not going to follow them. I'm not going to hop in their chats. I'm not going to go on any of their platforms because I don't want to hear what they have to say. But if you do come on their platforms, that means you do want to hear what they have to say. 
And if you want to hear what someone has to say, even though you know you're not going to like it, something's wrong with you. There is something wrong with you. No matter what they say, you're absolutely insane. You're a fanatic. You're obsessed. You're a you're an obsessed fan. And I want those of you who don't realize how dangerous these people are to pay attention. Because it was an obsessed fan who shot President Reagan back in 1981. A person who was obsessed with the actress Jodie Foster. It was an obsessed fan who murdered John Lennon. Obsessed fans are dangerous. So when they are out here making threats, hopping in chats, going on your Twitter, going on your Instagram, leaving nasty comments, trying to dox you, when they're doing all of these things, it's because they're sick in the head. Because all of the people who are sick in the head and suffering from some type of mental issues would be doing these things. And those people are absolutely dangerous. I hope they don't have guns. These people are absolutely sick. And I just want you all to pay attention. So I said all that to say this. When they try to say that people are clout chasing when they're exposing people, that's not a clout chase. You see, a clout chase benefits you. A cloud chase is what you do to get more views. A cloud chase is what you do to make more money. A cloud chase is what you do to catapult yourself higher than you are. But when you're exposing people, specifically people who have large platforms who are widely known and very popular, how is that a cloud chase? Because very often you will be demonized and vilified. Very often you will be threatened. Very often, you will lose viewers and subscribers. And so with that all being said, it's not a cloud chase, and they know it's not a cloud chase. That's just the only thing they can say to reflect a gas right. As I said, they were quick to come on Twitter and say, oh, that's not the full clip. It's context. You're sensationalizing. And they were right. It wasn't the full clip. I wasn't purposely sensationalizing, but whoever initially posted the video didn't post the whole context of what was being said. Even though Lizzie Rick was clearly giving a dog whistle to his people, even though he later said it was verbally blasting that he was talking about, he did so because he was likely trying to cover up or clean up what he previously said. But nonetheless, they were quick to point that out, but they don't try to debunk ever any of the other receipts. And that's because they absolutely, unequivocally know those receipts to be true. You see, the problem is, is that they want people like me and Taharka and others who expose Muslims and other people that they love, they just want us to shut up. They just want us to stop telling the truth. If we were telling lies, they would always point out the lies like they did about that video. They would always point out these things, but they can't because they know it's true. And they don't mind that it's true. They just want us to stop talking about it and join attention to it. Just let their grifters grip and be. She's still talking about this one person that she had to kick out. That's what they want. But it's not going to happen. she talk about it and kick it's not going to happen. And no matter how many threats, no matter how many nasty messages, no matter how many 
and went to get off the story. On the same person. Because that's what this is all about. This is all about doing the right thing. Well, I've seen Bushy Greek. I've seen that going up thing and shit. It's all about that.
if I were exposing someone who they didn't like, didn't care about, they would be perfectly fine with it. They would cheer me on. That's what they would do because they've done it. They've absolutely done it. Some of my own subscribers who stopped following me because they were so mad, Harlem Brown, Rain Love, those are two of my subscribers who stopped following me because they were mad and butthurt and out of shape because of what I was saying about Muslims. I don't care. Screw them. <laughs> I never needed them in my chats. And anyone else who felt some type of way and stopped following the queen, I don't care. You all know that. Because whether I have two subscribers or 200,000 subscribers, I'm going to still put in the same work. Because that's what I do. That's what I do. They can say what they want to say about the queen, but what they can never say is that I'm a grifter or fraud, that I ever ask them for anything. I don't go out here begging for donations for anything. They always want to know what I'm doing for black people. Whatever I'm doing, I do it at my own expense. I'll tell you that much. So they convinced me with it. So all I'm saying. So all I'm saying. But so anyway. With that all being said, that crazy bitch Eric said, never unsubscribe. Thank you, beloved.
Cassandra Winters, please send me your email so that I can send you your free ebook. I've sent them to those of you, I think I've sent them to everyone else. Whoever didn't get them, please send me an email and let me know. And for those of you that follow me on the spiritual channel, I'll be live on there today at some point. I'm not sure what time, but I'm going to do a members only live on there today. I will be posting a video for everyone else on the, that follows the spiritual channel, but I will also be doing an exclusive members only live today. Okay. And so with that all being said, uh, any of you who want to purchase uh, the smoothie ebook, uh, you can get the book for eight dollars. Uh, so just let me know that you want it. That's for the non-members. For members on the channel who don't have those uh, levels of membership to get the book for free, you can purchase it at a discounted price for five dollars. Okay, five dollars for the other memberships. Okay, for my rising vibes um, members, right? How many members do you have? Shit. My other members. I forget. I forget the name of the other members. Sorry, but you all know who I'm talking about. Those of you that have the two ninety nine and the six ninety nine memberships, you can get the ebook for five dollars. Anyone else that's not a member, you can get it for eight. With that all being said, I'm going to conclude the broadcast. Each one, teach one. That's how we grow and thrive. Constructive, but never destructive. And always remember, beloved, to keep the most high first in your lives. That's all right. I know she's sorry.